Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Aaron Sagers, and this is Talking Strange. Aloha, spooky nerds, and welcome to Talking Strange, a paranormal pop culture show with the Den of Geek Network. It's available on Twitch, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube, and I'm available right now. I'm your host, journalist, author, researcher of weird things, Aaron Sagers, also appearing as host on the Netflix series 28 Days Haunted and on the Travel Channel and Discovery Plus series Paranormal Caught on Camera. Now, on January 20th, Paranormal Investigators... Amy Bruni, Adam Berry, and psychic medium Chip Coffee return to Travel Channel and Discovery Plus with 10 new one-hour episodes of Kindred Spirits. This is their seventh season. Can you believe it? Seventh season. Now, these intrepid investigators help people who are tormented by the dead by settling spirit activity, capturing evidence, bringing closure to each location that they visit, and they utilize several tools to do this, to communicate with the spirits, and together, Bruni, Barry, and Coffee will discover shocking stories by visiting some of America's most haunted homes and historic sites. And during their terrifying, emotional, thrilling investigations, this paranormal team captures all sorts of interesting uh, evidence, but also there's a real human connection there. And actually, you can't spell kindred without kind. And I would say that they put the kind in the paranormal. So get your questions ready for those of us that are joining us with our live audience because we're bringing them in. Without further ado, Psychic Media, Chip Coffee, Adam Berry, and Amy Bruni. Hi. Hey, guys. Welcome. Hello. Uh, happy New Year. Bug, Adam Berry. Thank you very much, Warner Brothers Discovery, for the mug for Christmas. Shout I out. To, we got more than just a mug. I know, I know. But just, this is that part was, of it. Won a myriad of gifts. But that it's is not very appropriate that his mug is Wonder Woman. I mean, really. <laughs> listen, listen. It, it has nice tea in it, and I'm ready to talk all things paranormal. I like it. You can spill the tea or coffee or whatever substances. I'm actually drinking out of a Mount Washington Betty and Barney Hill. Uh, Mike, oh, so. I love that. I, I'm, I, on the other hand, am boring. I have a red solo cup. No, a red solo cup means there's booze in there, coffee. There's definitely vodka. There's, there's a bloody definitely, Mary. Yeah, there's a Bloody Mary in that shit. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, uh, Chip Coffee is heading out after this episode to go play beer pong with all the, the frat boys. <laughs> what he does in his spare time. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's girl, good to see. Girls gotta do what a girl's gotta do. You know, that's all I can say. I mean, we can all agree it's not reality TV that's paying the bills. So, <laughs> yeah, you really know, Chip. <laughs> uh, I'm so happy to see each of you, and I guess you know it's it's even though 12 days in, Happy New Year to all of you. I think I'll I'll say it one happy final time. Uh, 
for the seventh season of Kindred Spirits. Before we get into the premiere episode, and I do want to talk about that premiere, I kind of want to get a sense from each of you how you would view, is there a theme to this season? What would you, how would you describe sort of the thematic overview of this season and I'm over, yeah uh yeah so um actually it was weird because we were just discussing this earlier today that this season seems very much sorry my cat harry real quick there's three doors in this room one of them is open the cat is scratching at one of the closed doors so <laughs> <laughs> and she goes oh, God. yeah she's <laughs> like okay anyway, so as i was saying um so Every season of Kindred kind of organically seems to have a theme. And the theme this season was very much regret. Like it, it seemed like we just kept encountering spirits that were very regretful of something that happened in life. Um, and at the end of it, I know I can't speak for Adam, but I know we talked about this. Like we really started examining the way that we live our lives and like how we don't want to have any regrets, you know, when that time comes. So it's really interesting how that kind of happened. Mm -hmm. so, uh, anyone, Adam, Chip, do you want to weigh in on um, that? I mean, yeah, I, I think uh, it's one of those moments, especially uh, in that there's a specific case, uh, I think it's toward the end of the season that happens where this individual, this lady speaks to us candidly and very openly about her current situation in the afterlife. And it does make you pause for a bit and, uh, uh, you know, kind of just think about like, well, what, what do I want to do today? Like, am I going to not eat that donut? Yeah, I'm going to eat that donut. Okay. <laughs> because life is too short. And, um, you know, uh, the, this, this season has been very difficult in a lot of ways. We, some of the cases specifically the one in Palmyra, New York is very brutal in terms of um, the history and what happened to that family in that house when it burned down. And it's hard, it's hard stuff to swallow. And so I think Amy and I um, and Chip, we all had to like take a minute at times and think about our own, our own mortality in a different way than we haven't on other episodes or other cases. Mm -hmm. Chip. I think there's always a theme that's going on and you know amy put it very succinctly this it's about looking at who you are and where you are and what's going on in your world and interestingly enough there are those spirits that are out there that are still feeling like they have some unfinished business or or shoulda woulda couldas so that was what was really interesting to me with what happened with this season particularly was the whole shoulda woulda coulda aspect of it and having those sort of things of saying, I really wish that I really wish that I'd done this or said this or gone there or whatever. Um, I hear that sometimes from spirits, especially those who have died young or have not fulfilled the things that they want to fulfill. They just, they just, they they wish that things could have been different. Mm -hmm. I I want to get into this premiere, this January 20th premiere, and it's called Broken Spirits. And this is when you guys travel to the Greene County Historical Society and Museum. This is a former poorhouse in Pennsylvania, and it was presented for 100 years, presented to be this safe haven for people. And we kind of know how that story goes with a lot of other locations. Mm -hmm. People set out with these grand intentions, but then there's sort of uh, mistreatment that takes place. 
I guess, Amy, let me start with you. What was the initial attraction to this particular location? And and how would you set up this episode that people are going to be <clears throat> checking out? It's a really strong premiere episode too by the way yeah it's so funny we were having a talk with someone earlier and um she was talking about she was um talking about how she's seen every episode of kindred spirits and she was like but i think that episodes one and two of the season are the best episodes i've seen um and this this one really i think resonated with us because anytime you have a historical location that has kind of a, a dark history to it um it's very relevant. Like you, you want to make sure that history is told. And then also for us, there's just such a great team of volunteers. there, really trying to preserve that history. And we really just wanted to be able to help them with what was going on there. Cause that haunting was very extreme. I mean, there were some pretty wild things that went on there. Um, so I think it was just us. I think we went in like trying to be aware of what went on there before, um, be very respectful of what went on there before, um, and just try to kind of treat those spirits accordingly, um, but also help the team that was working there so diligently. So I was fascinated by it. The history there is crazy. It's very mm -hmm. documented. Um, There's actually history there we weren't even allowed to talk about on the show. Wow. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, so it, it's, uh, it's, it, it's, it was a really strong uh, first case and it really set us off on like, an amazing 10 episode run, to be honest, so. I mean, you can talk about the history you weren't allowed to talk about on the show here. I wish I uh, I wish we could. I was. Uh, they were I mean, both. if it slips out. Uh, <laughs> well, Adam, Adam, let me ask you this. One of the characters, and it seems like with some of these investigations, some of these cases, there tends to be this sort of marquee ghost in a lot of times that comes forward or or that the story revolves around. Mm -hmm. And in this case, it's William B. Cage, this this guy in 1890s. He took over the poorhouse over the institution and he was known to beat inmates. And and this this idea of chaining people up, even this dungeon. And it's we we say dungeon and that's not really an exaggeration based yeah. on what we see in the episode, <laughs> um, I guess. My question for you, Adam, is there's this guy that's kind of, by all reports, he was a bad dude. He was not a good person. And mm -hmm. and he can easily, as a ghost and as a figure, be literally larger than life. He can dominate the proceedings. Mm -hmm. And yet there's these other potential spirits there that probably want to make themselves known who are not necessarily the marquee ghosts. This right. all kind of presents a dilemma because do you, do you give the attention to – the bad guy or do you seek out giving voice to the lesser known people you know i don't know if we have a choice right so every case that we do we know we don't know what we're getting into i mean we know kind of but it it it, it leads us on a journey the entire time and i don't think we have a choice in terms of who is the dominant voice in the room um and you know on this case it could have, it could be Cage, right? It could be Cage, um, and if he were the dominant voice, then we would have a come to Jesus moment with this man and say, "Do you, you know, ask if he regrets what he did? Does, you know, whatever." Um, and uh, but on this specific episode, I think there were other voices that were much louder uh, than him, uh, and they had a reason to reach out. They, our our purpose there is, you'll see on the episode is 
is sort of clear at one point. It's like, oh, this is why we're supposed to be here. Um, and I think that is very important. So I don't, I don't necessarily believe we have, uh, we can pick and choose who we want to talk to and not want to talk to, but we have the ability to, uh, I guess, guide the outcome in terms of whoever it is, we can help them or not help them or try to patch it up. Yeah. Chip, I, I want you to add to this because while we may be talking about this guy, William B. Cage, uh, for this location, it can really apply to a lot of locations that you might have this this very domineering bully presence come forward. Is it a challenge for you from the psychic media medium perspective to not give in to the bully, still listen to the others that are in the room, or is that a balancing act for you? It can be, definitely. And lots of times, if you ask that person to step aside kindly, which I usually try to do, um, they'll sometimes they will acquiesce and do that for you. And if not, you just have to kind of let them know that they need to step aside and let other people talk. This guy, I'm not going to do any spoilers, but this guy was a big presence at this location. I mean, he had had history, told his story. And we managed, luckily, to circumvent having to deal with solely him we didn't have we didn't have his voice be the dominant the 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 most prominent voice on this case so that in its in itself made it kind of easier for us that he wasn't there trying to bully his way in and take over yeah amy from the historian and historical perspective with this not just this case but in general First off, when when I was seeing the setup for this story, it made me automatically think about the St. Augustine jail mm -hmm. because mm -hmm. that was another institution <laughs> dominated by like a big, brutal guy. And that's how we largely now think of the jail. That's the main name associated with it. But I, I think you could disagree with me, uh, but I think that we kind of lack nuance in today's world. And we also think of our heroes as entirely pure when they aren't, they're flawed. Mm -hmm. And we think of our villains as entirely bad or evil, which most of the time they're, they're likewise flawed and not necessarily evil to the core. When you're discovering someone like this guy, this villain, it's deceptively easy to give into that that notion of he's just purely a bad guy do you have to push back on that a little bit and think well okay maybe he was a human of his time maybe he was not all bad maybe he thought he was doing what was do you, is that something a perspective you're constantly having to think and think of i mean we have to do that a lot because like whether we want to admit it or not you know we're dealing with people from a completely different era and humankind does not have the greatest track record, you know? And, and I think that, um, I think that it's important that places like that aren't defined by those characters, but I also think it's important that we explore what they did and what happened um, and, and kind of, and, and put perspective historically as to what was happening there as a whole. And so, it's very important that we tell those stories because we need people to understand what happened there and, and why. So we don't do that again, right? Um, 
but at the same time, like when it comes to a character like that, you know, that gentleman doesn't, not to give away too much, but like those aren't always the people haunting the location. You know, they're, they usually left at some point. It's the people who were subjected to that person are usually the people there. And so you have to learn about that person for to get some perspective on what those folks went through. And so it's hard. It depends on the haunting and what the history is. But um, it's, it's important to dig into the history and also the characters uh, and tell that story accurately. Think, I mean... I'm always reluctant to make someone the bad guy based on this kind of word of mouth, right? I never like to play that historical game of telephone and assume this person was awful. But this was very well documented. <laughs> you know, it was one of those things where it was very easy to find, you know, what this guy did and how awful he was. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's important to kind of take all of those, uh, all, of, all of that into account when you're dealing with a place like that. Yeah, and really interesting, if I can kick in here for a second, is that this place, this poor poor farm, this poor house, whatever you want to call it, institution or whatever, asylum, there were a lot of these places in our country. There were a lot of them. And many of them don't have the best history. Many of them have sordid details that are associated with them. So it really is telling of what life was like in these places when you go back and you start to investigate these things you have to really take into consideration that some of the people that were there were treated horribly and they must have been life must have been pretty much misery for them and you know that all of us amy adam and myself i I may feel things from a psychic perspective more deeply than they do and i don't know that that's an accurate description of it but I don't think we can help but feel such sadness and upset for what those people might have lived through, must have lived through. And just kind of to further that too, so a lot of these places stayed open until the 70s and 80s. Yeah. And at that point, there wasn't as much like mistreatment going on. Like there were people that actually relied on these and that's all they ever knew. Like there were, you know, people who were admitted to these places as children and you're sitting there in the seventies and eighties and they're seniors or, you know, adults who have nowhere to go and they all suddenly closed. And they were, most of them were put into like skilled nursing facilities and nursing homes. And it was such a different environment for them. So at, at one point, a lot of these places took a turn and were actually doing some good, but that mm-hmm. funding got taken away and these people left everything they knew to go someplace else um, mm-hmm. that probably didn't have the same kind of comforts that this, these poor houses eventually had. So it's really interesting. Like there's a lot of emotion behind those buildings. And like Chip was saying, there were so many of them. So, um, you know, a lot of them were torn down, but I do think it's super important that ghosts aside, people recognize that these places existed and and what they served. Also, just to point out, like Amy was talking about how, like, we don't want history to repeat itself, but what this guy was doing, people are still doing it, you know, embezzling funds, like taking the funds and using it for their own goods instead of giving it to people that need it or the funds that were allocated for that you know, for that cause or for that individual. So people are still doing it. Um, but he was, he had so much control over his environment because he was in charge, you know, his, his world and what he controlled and the money he got, you know, was, com, you know, compacted into this one building. 
Yeah. And from the resident's perspective, one of the things that I felt at this location was just this sense of resignation of, and hopelessness. It's like, this is our lives. This is, this is all we've got. This is, this is, it is what it is. Mm-hmm. And there's a real sense for me personally, a sense of such sadness that, that this was, all, this was their life. This was how their life was at that point in time and probably ended that way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. was that sense of just being trapped. Mm-hmm. But talk about some of the locations this season that have been on your radar for a while that you've been trying to get to. Oh. Oh, God. Where did we even go, Aaron? Where did we even go? <laughs> I will say that, so uh, I think it's actually the second episode is at Palmyra Museum. Yeah. yeah. Um, which while we had heard of it, I don't think we realized the proximity it had to like the Fox sisters original cabin and things. And so we got there and all of a sudden we're in the middle of this like museum that's very uh, heavy with spiritualism type mementos. And uh, I mean, we were already like completely geeking out. And then she's like, oh, I'm also the caretaker for the Fox sisters cabin. (laughs) And we're like, wait, what? (laughs) And so, we got to go actually, I don't think it's on the episode, but we actually like went and visited that really important piece of history as far as what we do. And so that was a very exciting episode. You're muted again, Aaron. You just mute. We don't need it's, you. We'll just do it, it ourselves. I think if you also, Aaron, if you turn the phone this way, doesn't it go long way? It will not. We are having technical glitches. StreamYard is crashing all around us. So. That's what happens uh, when you interview a bunch of ghost people. Yeah, I guess surprise, so. you get a ghost. Yeah, everybody goes home with a ghost. Uh, <laughs> so, Chip, how about you? I mean, I mean, were there any locations that you were particularly excited to take part in? I know sometimes you're doing a remote uh, reading, but they don't, they don't tell me where I'm going. So I, you know, that's I, I come in like blindfolded or blind or not knowing anything. So having some desire or some wish to go someplace. I might as well be peeing in the wind. That's not going to do me any good to have any desire to go anyplace because I go where these two on the screen below bring me. So I, I have to adapt to whatever they they throw in my throw in my path. I had to I had to pull up the episode list because we did you know it it all blends together. Yes. So let me go down. Let me go down. Uh, uh, seven oh wait no what note is that I don't even know what episode that is the Valley Camp the Valley right. Camp in Sault Ste. Oh Marie. that was amazing. Yeah. How did I forget we did? I know we've yeah. done it so many times because we've investigated it off camera. But yeah, that that's, place. Oh, phenomenal! The the I the fact that we got to do that um that case uh and then John Tenney's on that case with us. I think John Tenney's on this episode with us, mm-hmm. and you know. Uh, he helped us uh, figure out what was going on, but like the Valley Camp is definitely one that we're looking forward to for sure. I well, thought the episode that we did, we did an episode that was right outside of Buffalo, and it was the one with there was a family, and you guys remember it because oh yeah, down into the basement, and that's where I said nope, nope, not staying yeah, down yeah. here. I'm leaving. I'm bye. Check please. Mm-hmm. So it was one of the, that for me is one of the more memorable episodes that was, that I, that I remember from having to just, mm-hmm. you know, overwhelmed by what was 
showing up in my head and what I was kind of viewing of what had happened in that specific location. That was a kind of a, that was a very interesting place to mm-hmm. say the least. Well, I specifically, I want to talk about episode three because obviously 10 episodes, there's a lot of great cases that you're dealing with, but episode three really struck me as a powerful one. And you're dealing with sort of these old school religious ideas and very strong Christian faith, as well as the notion of a cult and even paranormal investigators and how that might impact people with faith. How was this, Amy, how was this different, a different kind of case for you? Because, I don't know, I thought it felt different to me. Oh, it was definitely different. It was um, it was strange because, like you were saying, there was this kind of biblical, like very um, kind of religious undertone to the case. And, like, it was one of those things that, I mean, we, it was, it was one of those cases where it should have been very obvious. Like we went in and it was like, to us, we're like, oh yeah, this, we know who's haunting this place, but it was not obvious at all. There was this whole like web of genealogy that was required. And then talking to former um, residents of the home that had been, had passed away. And then Heather, who came into our, um, Heather's this lovely woman who's been helping us. She's a psychic from um, upstate New York. She, we helped them initially on their, uh, on their place, Greystone Manor. And she came in and like, she dredged up all this stuff that we didn't even know had gone on there. And so uh, it, was, it, it was a very complicated case. Sometimes those residentials can trick you because you think it's gonna be easy because it's a residential. Like how much history could there possibly be? But this was like, oh, we found this great big old Bible up in the attic and there's all these names in it and, and locks of hair. And then, oh, by the way, mm-hmm. you know, we found a dead body in our backyard once. And oh, also, you know, our, our dad died in the kitchen. Like there were just, it was just nonstop. So one yeah. of my favorite cases this season and the family was great. They were really, Um, interesting to work with and super helpful. So when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouthwatering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's, and it's, it's one of those cases that it's uh, this Pittsburgh house. Uh, the episode title is Beware the Occult. So it's one of those uh, where, episodes uh, that... Can I address that for we a second? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't name that. We didn't name it. That's what I was, was going to ask, yes. And here's the thing. It's, when I see, think of the, the title, Beware the Occult, I think of it, someone saying it sarcastically, like, Beware the Occult. Yeah. Not like beware the occult right (laughs) this episode this episode is very much uh it shines a light on fears of the unknown whether it's religious fears of the unknown not understanding what somebody else believes and thinking your way is the highway you know it's either your way or the highway so i think it's a it's one it's an episode that was hard to unravel for us um uh, but it, it, it's definitely a valuable lesson for those that are watching uh, in terms of, uh, you know, it's okay to believe in something that might be a bit different than what you believe. 
Um, and it, it's it's an interesting, it's a very interesting case for sure. And it's and it's not it's one that's early on in the episode. You set up that someone has passed on. The residents of the house have tarot cards, and there's also this Bible that's been found in the house. That's all set up in the first couple of seconds mm-hmm. so, or a couple of minutes. So that's not mm-hmm. uh, spoiling anything. But what I found interesting about this is this is one of those episodes that if if it had come out. 10 years ago in paranormal reality TV, this would have gone in a very different direction. And the result (laughs) would have been, Oh, the people that are dabbling in this are dabbling with dark forces and they're bad. And this is bad and don't do it. And I kind of want to get your reaction as to how this stands as a piece of TV evolution, paranormal TV evolution. Mm -hmm. Amy, I want you to respond to this, but also chip, I want to get your perspective on uh, on the faith element too i mean i think that I, honestly i think there's still people going down that road because I'm, i hate to say it but it does get viewers you know i think that if anyone you know if there were a few other people if they'd done that case they would have gone down that road um but i think it's been important to us since day one um to not automatically go down roads like that because you know there are how many times do we go into a place where people are convinced there's a demon haunting their home and it's a misunderstood person acting out, you know? So uh, we've, we've learned our lesson many times that you have to explore everything fresh and not make any assumptions and never speak in absolutes, just go in with an open mind. Um, and also, you know, we love dabbling in all of those things ourselves. So we know, yeah. <laughs> you know, we know full well that <laughs> not affecting anything. <laughs> Chip, what's your take on it? Because, I mean, I know that you have some very strong boundaries with the directions you're willing to explore or not within the paranormal. There are some, you know, I was raised Christian and Catholic, so I can't fully escape those sort of things when it comes to my belief system. But I'm also, as long as someone is a decent person, I, you know, and whatever the belief system is, and they're not hurting anyone else or themselves, or they're not trying to force their beliefs down someone's throat. I'm good with that. I I say that I don't try to convince or convert anyone to my ways of thinking, but different people have different ways that they handle things. Um, With the spiritual aspect of things or the paranormal aspect of things, I'm certainly not afraid of tarot cards. Mm -hmm. I'm certainly not afraid of a Ouija board. I'm certainly not afraid of a pendulum. You know, there are some things that I don't understand and I kind of try to avoid. I, 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 do you have some problems with certain things or beliefs that I say I don't want to? I don't want to have have really a whole lot to do with. But that's only my own personal preference. Do what you want to do over here, but it doesn't mean that I'm going to have to to accept that or adhere to it or be involved in it. So you know, I, I don't live my life in fear. And sometimes if there's things that 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 we don't agree upon. We just don't yeah. either agree upon them and don't make it an issue. <clears throat> it's uh, I, I still I haven't seen all the episodes of this season, but I think it's a really strong episode because it's it's got a little bit of everything. And there's some again, without spoiling anything, Amy does some detective work in this that even requires an on-screen graphic explaining the things that she has uncovered. It's, <laughs> I had to like, I was like trying to explain, I, I probably explained that a million times because it was all these same, like mm-hmm. uh, these same uh, gentlemen with the same name, you know, like the yeah. lineage, it got very confusing. And we actually, part of the case, this is just a lesson to other investigators out there. 
we were talking to the wrong person because I got it wrong at first. And so we were able to fix it. Like, but for like a half of a night, I was like, oh, I think I got this wrong, Adam. <laughs> like, yeah. like it happens. <laughs> and so. Yeah. It's, it's really honest. I mean, it's, it's a, a strong episode. So I, I think the, well, actually the question I have for you is out of this season for each of you individually, what episode do we watch for your personal WTF moment this season? What's which episode where you're like, holy crap, this one's me. This is my WTF moment. Uh, Chip. It was the one, <clears throat> excuse me. It was the one that I talked about earlier. We were, uh, I'm, it's awfully hard not to give spoilers. I guess you guys are going through the same thing with Amy and Adam. You, you want <laughs> to talk, you going more, through the... you want to talk the... more about it, but we were at this location and we were in the basement of this location and the image of what had happened in this basement at some point in time came into my head very shockingly and clearly. And I was just like, Oh hell no, I got to get out of here. This is just, it, it was, it was overwhelming the, the emotion that surrounded this and just the imagery that presented itself in my head. And that for me was my, WTF moment of just let me let me the heck out of here. I just got to get out. I got to escape this place, yeah. which, interestingly enough, wasn't so dissimilar from what was coming from Spirit. And the I know Amy and Adam were probably just looking at their episode descriptions. Uh, I, uh, wait, I literally was wait, like, wait, I know. I just want to make sure I got the episode yeah. right. Yeah. <laughs> even if even if you don't necessarily spoil it, you can allude to which episode it will be in. You've got your Waynesburg, PA. That's your uh, first one. Palmyra, New York. Pittsburgh. Uh, the Angry Ghosts of Albion. Albion. That's what uh, he's. That's what he's talking about. Oh well, okay. And then um, Gettysburg, Providence, uh, Raynham, Mass, and Belafonte, PA. Um, and then West Virginia. Mm -hmm. uh, so where would we go for your WTF moment, Amy? Um, well, it wasn't really like a WTF moment. It's just a very emotional moment. I cry, <laughs> which we all know <laughs> I don't have feelings. So this is very rare. <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but no, there was just this moment, this convert. It's episode eight, I believe. I think it's a shadow yeah. in the night. Um, so it's in Pennsylvania and it's at the most unassuming little house kind of looks like kind of house that would be like in, you know, Friday the 13th or something, but oh wow, yeah. um, just had this very powerful conversation with the spirit. Um, Adam was doing the spirit box, the Estes method. And um, she just said some really profound things that I can't stress enough has completely changed my outlook on life. Like, that conversation i he took those headphones off and blindfold off and i literally just started crying and i was like yeah. i am living my life wrong and so if there's one episode you watch this season make sure it's episode eight because it's just so incredibly profound so it was like kind of it was a wtf moment but it was just like a life changing like a perspective change moment for me and i think for adam too like we both were just like oh shit mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, right. you can you can swear all you want on this. Okay, That's good. Yeah. Yay. Um, Adam, how about you? Um, 
Yeah, you know, I'd say the most aggressive activity I experienced uh, this year was probably, uh, you know, episode 705, which is the episode Chip is talking about. But the biggest what the actual <laughs> moment was probably the North Providence Library, um, because Amy and I, uh, you know, there was a lot of information to unravel in that in that location. And we were going down one path, you know, and that path was a very tricky path because it involved the mayor mm -hmm. and we had to be very careful because we, you know, it was very well liked, but we didn't understand why we were getting some of the answers that we were getting. Oh, and then yeah. when, when it clicked of who we were talking to, like yeah. whether it's the, could be the mayor, but if it could be somebody else, but when it clicked, when it, yeah. when we finally realized it, we were like, holy crap, like, oh my God, this is mind blowing. And I think um, that's a big WTF moment because you know how much we love our history and digging into the history and getting it right and matching that with like evidence. And this, at the, when, when this happens, it's almost like the best, the best like paranormal soup you could possibly eat. I don't know. <laughs> it's so good. And that's what's, really, that's what's really funny about this whole thing is that lots of times, you know, because of COVID and some of my life circumstances, I've had to do some things remotely. And I've been fortunate enough to do a few episodes on location with Amy and Adam mm -hmm. and the crew this season. But lots of times, even if I am on location or I'm sitting at home, what happens when I'm not there? I find out a lot of times when I watch the episode because it's it's everybody's life gets busy and you don't have time to mm -hmm. fill things in. So I'm real curious about specifically the library episode about what happened in that episode and why Amy, I feel like I'm, I'm as invested in this as the viewer is. And I kind of like being in that position. There's I mean, also the like, thing is we're, we were there and half the time we forget until we saw the, see the episode. Yeah. So you're absolutely right. Excuse. If you ever they do kind of blend all together, don't they? Yeah, they do. There's well, also with all, well, in that episode, there's also possibly like maybe a Zoltar, but like not a Zoltar. No, it looks like, like a Zoltar. It's definitely not a Zoltar, but it looks like a Zoltar. We were like, that's the weirdest crazy. thing. I can't Chip, you saw it. Remember, it was behind glass, and you were like, I, that's that's creepy. It is the weirdest thing. Who would want something like anyways, you gotta watch. I don't know. Yeah. So, I've got a question for you now that you brought up this episode. I'm gonna ask from a viewer standpoint here from from almost like I came in and did some stuff on that episode, but you mentioned the mayor. Was he a bad guy or wasn't he not I a bad guy? I can't tell you. Oh, shoot. Which episode is this? This is uh, episode five, was it? Or I think it's episode it's the five. Library. Oh, oh, no, somebody, it's the I'll tell you some behind the scenes. That was almost Charlotte's Kindred Spirits debut. He investigated that. on the show with us because there is like supposedly some haunting going on in the children's library. But everything else was so incredible that she they didn't use her little part. They're gonna do like a social media part for you know, for her. She's a little sad. But um, but yeah, it was like the first time that we got to bring Charlotte. She had her own little ghost hunting kit and she came out and like I it was remember cool. seeing pictures of that. I yeah. know, it was awesome. So, but one of you needs to text me and tell <laughs> me whether the mayor was a bad guy or a good guy. You know what? We could. Know. Make wait? We totally could, but I don't know. I mean, I think you waiting just like everyone. Yeah. I'm going to text him right now. Oh, just text, this is, yeah, text I just, him. I just love you, wait, wait. Amy Bernie. Adam, not text so much. Him. 
Chip and I were talking until about 15 seconds before this broadcast. We were like, oh, we got to go. <laughs> so Listen, text him. But and Chip, you read it, but don't, don't say show what any it emotions. says. Don't, don't share. Yeah. Um, I, uh, as, as you're texting him, Amy, I, I will say that it's interesting watching these episodes because it allows me to fill in the gaps uh, following each of you in between like events that we're doing. It's like, mm-hmm. oh yeah, that's when they were going, uh, coming from that event to go to that event. Yes. And uh, and the Sault Ste. Marie one in particular, you guys rolled out of that and went straight to Michigan Paracon. Yeah. Um, and uh, so I'm I'm very curious to see that one. I heard There's some good things about that. The <laughs> yeah, a lot of time. We actually um, we investigated that with a bunch of people like the night after we left too. Yeah, and um, we were like, well, we we have to keep in mind what exactly what you know happened on the episode because we can't pretend like we did. You know, we didn't find out what yeah. we found out. You know. Yeah. Uh, Two final questions, I guess, for you guys. First one is a little bit more poignant, but if uh, the the final episode of the season airs March 24th, the Country Club murders. So if that was, if season seven, if the March 24th, episode 10 of Kindred Spirits, if that was your final bow in the paranormal. And I I know I'm I'm not, but what I'm saying (laughs) is if that was, if, if you were to walk away from the paranormal from there, how would you like to be, I guess, remembered as far as your contributions and uh, and maybe even influencing people's understanding or theories about the paranormal? Chip? I would walk away. I wouldn't walk away. You'd said walk away from the paranormal. I wouldn't walk away from the paranormal. If I walked, if I, if I walked away from this show, I would walk away with my head held high and a sense of immense pride. Don't make me, don't, don't Oprah me here, Aaron, <laughs> with an immense oh, sense of pride that I got to work with two people that I love and respect and that the work that we had done together, it made a difference. It made a real positive difference. I can't think of a single case in seven seasons that there's not been a difference made. Mm-hmm. And that's not always the case, but it is with this three right here. It, there's a difference that's been made. And, you know, it makes me sad to think about an end, but I would feel, if it did end, I would still feel whole from the standpoint that I got to do what I got to do with two people that mean the world to me. Mm-hmm. Love you. I love you all. <laughs> and and Adam, now you have to say something nice too. <laughs> oh God. Um, well, first off, everyone who's watching and us, knock on wood, because that's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I don't think so. It's it's um, not it's not a question about. I know. It, it's a it's a hypothetical hypothetical it's, question. Yes. I know. But I'm not going to intentionally. The wood. This is like a journalist thing to intentionally elicit emotion out of each of you and make you reflect. You're a bitch, Aaron, for doing that to <laughs> me. I know. I have. I'm okay. So I think I am good um, at my job, Chip. <laughs> I think there there's two things. I think. I mean, one. I would be proud at where we have come, as like based on what we do for the paranormal, right? 
look look at what we are bringing to the table look what we've brought to the table and hopefully you know people will take that and build upon that rather than revert back to old ways of doing you know i think we i think and also i think the the idea that we are uh amy amy will say this too and agree like the humanization of spirits like ghosts are can be scary when you don't understand it but the humanization of who we're talking to and the realization that they were just like us they are still just like us they're just in a different form and how we react to that and treat them i think is the biggest thing that uh we have done so far uh but obviously we have more to do so we'll be doing that yes no and i think i i like this question for that reason like because the reality is we're always trying to further the way we do things and mm -hmm. and we I think it's important just in life in general to always look at, like live your days as though they're your last, do your things as though you won't be doing them tomorrow. And so that's important. And so I think it's an important question, but that being said for me, I think when we started the show seven, eight years, I don't even know, a long time ago, <laughs> eight years ago, I remember Adam and I having to really fight for certain things, you know, and, and nicely, everyone's been lovely to work with, but, you know, we had to argue the point that we wanted to investigate with compassion. And many times we got pushback and we're like, people are like, it's not scary enough. You need to be scarier. It needs to be something bad. It needs to be something harmful, you know, and, and over time, as we stuck to our guns and kept proving time and time again, that we can make a spooky ghost show, but also mm -hmm. be compassionate and respectful. And I think you can see that now because now shows are emulating our, not necessarily formula, but our, uh, the way that we investigate a lot more than would have happened before. And I don't mind that one bit. Uh, you know, I think that's a great thing. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's just kind of one of the fact that we were able to make that kind of a difference in paranormal television alone is huge. Um, because whether we like it or not, sometimes paranormal television is all the only bit of paranormal anyone will experience. And there's certain mm -hmm. people like this is it. Mm -hmm. um, but they're, you know, we we're we're face to face with people all the time who do this for a living or who are very passionate about it. But there's a lot of very casual paranormal enthusiasts out there. And I think it's important for them to know that yes, it can be spooky, it can be scary, it can be entertaining. But as Adam said, like coming at it from a human perspective makes it a whole different ballgame. So. Mm -hmm. All right. And the final question I have for you, that was the that was the insightful, poignant one. Now it's a silly question. Uh, obviously, you guys have had the opportunity to appear on other shows, uh, Dinner Impossible, things like that. And I'm curious if you were going to do a guest spot on a show in a movie franchise. What is it? Oh this God. is now the moment. Chip. Oh, my God. Oh my what? You need to prepare us for these questions. I got yeah, it, though. one you need to, need to really prepare us for. Oh, I know and, which one I'm going to do. Me too. You better have the same one as me. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what you two, I don't know what you two are thinking about. I'm not, I don't read mine. Is it a reality show, or do we just get to be like a character in the show? Um, okay, let's see. Uh, you could be a character in the show, or you could appear either, either or. Okay. 
Chip, where, what franchise, really, what show would you guess? Let me answer first now. The old fart has to really rack his brain to figure this one out. Um, mine is so not a paranormal show. It's not. Mine is not a reality show. Mine is actually a scripted television series, and I'm kind of addicted to it because I like procedural dramas. Um, I would either like to to be a fly on the wall or a guest appearance or something on Chicago Fire. Ooh, okay. that would be fun. Or um, Law and Order SVU. I, I know you love. You love Law and Order. Marishka. I love but me wait, some Marishka. I love me some I can see Chip on Chicago Fire, and he's like, y'all, there's a fire. <laughs> I smell smoke, y'all. <laughs> y'all, there's a fire. <laughs> All right. Uh, Great I'm, interested, I'm, I'm interested in what Ms. Bruni and Mr. Barry will say about yeah. this. Well, if we say the same one, I'll kill you. I'm going to let Amy go first on this one, because Adam is a little too excited to answer. <laughs> okay, fine. Well, it's only because I've been watching it nonstop, but I would definitely need to be uh, a character in White Lotus. Um, <laughs> is that what you're... Because <laughs> I just want to go to fabulous places yeah. and dress fabulously and day drink um, and hang out with like she-she people and have just a little bit of mystery, not enough to end up like dead, but enough to like wonder what's happening. <laughs> I honestly like identified with Jennifer Coolidge a little too much. I was like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it was like <laughs> scary. Yes. So, anyways, that that would be. I mean, I'm like, where's season three going to be? Like, what what fabulous four seasons are they going to next? Yeah. Like, right. So, okay. if anyone's a, a fan, just you know, I'm here. I can be next. Write it in. I mean, it is it is technically all in the family now. Uh, mm -hmm. So the in the Warner Brothers world, right? So so you can make this happen, uh, Adam. What, what's your response? Is it uh, White Lotus? Well, you know, I I didn't think of what I mean. Of course, White Lotus, but like, oh, this is hard. This is a hard question. So I mean, I'd love to be in anything Ryan Murphy's doing. Just put me in anything. Mm -hmm. um, but to get specific. Uh, and I've tweeted them and they have liked my tweets and they have oh, recognized that we exist. I know what you're gonna say. Ghosts on I CBS. Mm -hmm. I think Amy and I should do a guest spot. And the whole scenario is there's a paranormal reality TV show coming to the bed and breakfast because they're like, well, we have ghosts. Let's get this paranormal TV show Can in you here. Just leave me out of this. Wait a minute. Hold, well, hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. This is about. You're hanging out with Ariska Hargitay. Yeah, so. you're you're on the law and order. So listen, I'll bring her along. The whole idea is they get this paranormal team to come film a reality TV show there, and to get them publicity so people will go to the thing. So half of the ghosts are like, we're going to be on TV. And the other half are like, no, it's going to bring more people here. We don't, we want to scare them out. And so the whole episode is them filming this reality paranormal show on CBS Ghost. And they liked it. I tweeted the whole thing. They liked it. That's, you know what? They're going to air ep an episode like that with two actors playing two I know. things. I know. And, like <laughs> and I'm sending it right to my, our manager. I'm going to be like, get my I'm coin. Him. So you money. know, you know, like so I've I've had them on this show, the cast, and I've interviewed them a couple times, and 
I could give you a spoiler about something that's happening in a February episode. That's not exactly the same thing, but it's kind of close. Um, they stole it. And uh, well, that's not how you get on the show by accusing them of stealing. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> Obviously, I'm reality TV. I'm joking. Like, they if they it? like, <laughs> they you. I I think there's still a, a shot though, because they do love all the cast loves a paranormal, and they've had weird stuff on set. So, um, so I there mean, you go. the only problem is the only problem though is CBS. That's it's, the only problem. Uh, we can all you can make it, it happen. We yeah. can make it happen. I know that the happen. network's listening right now, and they can make some calls. <laughs> yeah, Cro- a little cross promotion. It's okay, but that's what I'm saying. Uh, it is. Well, did you CBS- wait, wait? Did you see? Hold on. Did you see the cover of that? Uh, there was a cover that I posted, and it literally said uh, it was about the sh- show Ghosts. But it said best show, best new show on television, and it didn't say ghost. It said it's literally like, kindred spirits. Yeah, it because did. they were saying that they were kindred spirits, oh, and, yeah. I was, it's, and it said best show on TV, kindred spirits. I was like, yes, please, <laughs> yes. It was it was a magazine uh, article or cover, I think. Yeah, I yeah. did see that. It's hey, maybe it's a serendipity or uh, it's it's meant to happen. Um, I hope so. It's but as good as it's portending well, portending well, as much as I love the show CBS Ghosts, your guys' show is Kindred Spirits. Yeah, I feel like okay. I feel like we should wrap up by promoting your show. That's <laughs> a really simple. great idea. Yeah, right. You're so smart. <laughs> Adam took it in another direction talking about mm-hmm. another show. Um, but okay, uh, the show is Kindred Spirits. It's coming back on January 20th on Travel Channel, same day on Discovery Plus. 10 new episodes, seventh season. And my guests today are Amy Bruni, Adam Berry, and Chip Coffey. And guys, thank you so much for joining. And for everyone that's out there, thank you for joining. And remember to subscribe. And until next time, be kind, stay spooky, and keep it weird. Talking Strange is a part of the Den of Geek Network, available wherever you listen to other podcasts. If you like what we're doing, share Talking Strange with your friends and fellow spooky nerds. And please, subscribe, rate, and leave a nice review. If you have a strange or paranormal story you would like to share with us, please email talkingstrange at denofgeek.com for a chance to have it read on a future episode. For video episodes of Talking Strange, check out twitch.tv slash denofgeektv and youtube.com slash denofgeekus. And please follow at TalkStrangePod on Twitter and at Aaron Sagers on Twitter, Instagram, and Patreon for more paranormal pop culture content. Mm-hmm.